1: The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including... AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida. K-O-H-I AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon. K-H-R-O AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net or call toll-free worldwide. 1-800-610-7035. Right here on the Talk Star Radio Network, x Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and XZoneTV.com. If you'd like to give us a call, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is XZone at XZoneRadioTV.com. On MSN Messenger, XZoneRadioTV at Hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxoneradiotv.com. Exxon Nation, my first guest uh, this hour, the first hour of tonight's show, is George Lobono. And uh, after doing a graduate study concentrating on the underside of U.S. history... George reported for the Suttertown News in Sacramento, then covered the 1993 presidential elections in Indonesia for Pacifica Radio Network, and investigated deep politics and black budget crimes. In 1995, he began to research aliens and alien-related programs in the United States government, and he also serves as a board member of a free legal clinic in Sacramento, California. We're going to be talking to George this hour about his book, and it's all about, are you ready for this? Alien, Alien Minds. George, welcome to the X-Zone.
2: Thank you, Rob.
1: George, uh, what is your book all about?
2: Well, it's an attempt to write, to do a new treatment on the subject that um, many people are interested in, aliens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, you know, this is a new approach in that it's trying to look at how aliens themselves think. Not so much how we think about aliens, Mm -hmm. but given that we're long past, according to many sources, first contact, some even official sources, and many people in government, uh, certainly contactees, abductees, and so forth, I think we now have enough evidence to talk about how aliens actually think and how they communicate, interact between aliens and between alien societies. So it's an attempt to greatly expand the map, and not just look at the, you know, from Earth to whatever, you Right. Know. Uh, it, it used to be people think, oh, the aliens came and visited, and it was just what was little dots in our sky here mm-hmm. or there. It's an attempt to almost um, forget that we're here and think about how aliens think and interact between themselves.
1: So why could, uh, I'd be safe in saying that you're a believer?
2: Well, I wouldn't use the word believer. You could say that I conclude that aliens exist beyond what I would consider a doubt. Of course, certainly my own personal sure. experience. All
1: right. You and I will talk more on the other side of this two-minute commercial break. George Lobono is our special guest, ExoNation, www.alienmindbook.com. And George's book is available as well as at amazon.com. 1 610 7035 worldwide toll free. Email exon at on MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com, and our website TV.com. I'll be back on the other side of this two minute commercial break as we continue talking about aliens this hour here on the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. La 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 Explanation, George Lobono is our special guest. He is the author of Alien Mind. His website, www.alienmindbook.org, and Alien Mind is available at Amazon.com. All right, George, have you ever had an experience or a sighting?
2: Well, yes. You know, uh, until 1995, I was skeptical that Mm -hmm. aliens could arrive here because of Einstein's speed of light limitation. And suddenly, yeah, along comes 1995. A contact in my case, and which continued. Uh, I, I, you know, it was very different for me. It was essentially kind of a telepathic, um, like people call it remote communication, right. remote sensing. room. And it was very different for me. Mm-hmm. More intelligent, very much beyond. You know, I'm a person who went through college on a scholarship. I thought right. myself smart, and this was far beyond me, and was directly trying to hint at, was suggesting a kind of how an extra-dimensional geometry or extra-dimensional sort of relationship would be in graphics that were about like five to seven ideas all packed into one at one time, you know, which is how what the reports are from different um, contactees, abductees, and other people, that the primary means of communication um, among aliens is telepathy, and the reason being is that you can communicate much more than you do with just a few words. You can communicate the ideas, the graphics, relationships, a little bit of a mathematical sort of – it's more about the geometry, I suppose, in many ways, and even the past and future context in some cases. So uh, that's what happened in 1995. And here, 15 years later, you know, I decided – well, after a number Mm -hmm. of years – I got better at it and decided that I would write a book on the subject because, you know, I got interested in aliens, started reading about them. It's new for some people, but it's a good subject to have a look at because there are some very interesting, very um, reliable um, sources on it. People who've seen had direct experiences in government, in official services, aviators, and so forth.
1: George, what kind of information were you getting uh, from these communications from the ETs?
2: Well, as I said, very much unlike me, it was a hint. Uh, well, I guess you could say first it was about the science relationships. I was interested in, in the science of mm-hmm. like, black holes, uh, physics, you know, uh, cosmic physics, astrophysics, and um, the unexplained relationships and whether things could actually go faster than light or whether there was a, a new kind of physics, and a lot actually sort of hinted at that, and it was more in a, kind of an attempt to challenge me. I, I studied the underside of U.S. history, and I was interested in, in uh, astronomy. And I think the uh, the only reason that I would have been contacted is that it had already been going on, because I wouldn't be the first person to contact. And the assumption would have been that I'm, I was going to investigate and write about some new aspects. And so, you know, I have. I, I work in investigative journalism. I've done that kind of writing. And I have found out a lot that I, I think is worth reporting.
1: All right. If the aliens use telepathy, if I can use that word to communicate with us, how would one communicate with the aliens back? Would we also use telepathy to contact them and and uh, continue the communication?
2: Good question. Well, first off, I'd say this. Some people think, oh, telepathy, you know, sure, it's kind of woo-woo. But if they don't realize that the human brain itself has brain frequencies are going from about... Um, 5 hertz to about 30 hertz means cycles per second. And the range of frequencies from 5 to about um, 11 hertz is what are called ELS. They're long wavelengths. Mm -hmm. They're low frequencies. And, for example, Philip Corso, I don't know if you've heard of him. I certainly sure, yeah. Colonel Philip Corso, who uh, wrote a whole book about what he did with down Roswell, he said, alien technology, and about how the whole Pentagon was was suddenly mobilized to study and find out about aliens because of that and subsequent events. Corso wrote that the first thing that that military scientists noticed down in the in United States were that the alien brain of one surviving alien from the Roswell crash emitted this long, low frequency frequency wavelength. And here's why it would be doing that, is because our scientists have found out, a university of scientists, a Chicago scientist is famous for proving that ELS or those long wavelengths can go right through solid objects, meaning that telepathy is immediately possible if those kind of wavelengths in a more, it's the, the wavelengths have your more rested kind of um, almost empty state of mind. So when you're in, a, in your mind is in a, almost a blank state, relaxed or very resting, these wavelengths can pass right through and would, that would be a basis for telepathy. There's a new kind of physics that would allow for telepathy also, and that's this new kind of energy relationship that people talk about. They call it zero-point energy or scalar electromagnetism, electrogravity. It's all the Mm -hmm. same thing, and it's a new kind of energy relationship. It's like a resonance, and it, it almost proceeds nearly instant across some distances, which some people think is weird, but... Again, you know, the last word on physics was not the 20th century. So, yeah, if an alien communicated with you and if that occurred, the first thing you'd have to remember is it's their norm. That's how they do. They have mouths. They, could pro- they can probably speak it if they want to. But because they have a technology that can amplify brain uh, wave frequencies, more than one alien could be communicating at the time. And so if they were communicating with you, the first thing you would think is like, wow, Uh, It's like, I don't have any privacy anymore, and that's how you feel. But then the next thing you start thinking is, they can pick up on me, I can pick up on them. And which is ironic, because psychologists have found that, for example, when we think about words, we think words in our head, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, the human vocal cords are actually vibrating when you're thinking those words, because the brain cycles into the body, of course. Well, the same with aliens. If you were telepathically communicating with an alien, their their thoughts would be would be cycling into their physiology and you would get a distinct a faded but a very distinct sense of what that alien is like and the question being is like what do they look like what are they like can you figure that out in telepathy you, you would be able to do that over time and you'd have to practice your skills the first thing you would notice the first thing i noticed with aliens is it's more subtle there's like a faded more subdued version it's not the big, huge graphics or the big, loud words that we have at first. Instead, it's a multiplicity of ideas. It's like the whole tree of ideas. And some of it is amplified in a sense. Some of it is, is sort of posed behind it. It's, it's you know, when you're thinking, if you're thinking words, you're just one word at a time. But all the ideas surrounding those words, that's where telepathy occurs for the most part. You could, you could be more resonant, loud in a sense. But, yeah, you would be communicating back and forth with an alien if that occurred.
1: George, um, based on what you know, what are alien priorities here?
2: That's a good question. Well, I I would say this. I I would pull back and look at what the larger spectrum or the larger context of aliens shows, and that shows that the first priority is it's, I guess, a basic neighborly thing um, among aliens or Mm -hmm. kind of an ecological consideration, and that would be, first off, humans are just developing with a new variety of technologies, some of which could be dangerous. Uh, you know, how did we do, for example, when we got nuclear weapons? Did did humans do well with those? Well, it was pretty ugly and pretty stupid in some ways, the way that it went out, you know, at first. But then we got over that, and that moderated and was almost set aside. And so the question is whether we can do that with some of the, the succeeding technologies and whether we can exist as, as a peaceful and uh, no threat to our neighbors should we venture into space, which everyone is certain that we will eventually do with more advanced technology. So I think the first thing aliens look at and, and wonder about is, well, help humans get up to basic speed. Um, help them with maybe some science. Mm-hmm. Don't try to, to push them or try to tell them what to do or make them a certain way. You know, by you taking control as an alien, make humans responsible for themselves. Uh, but that's one alien perspective. Another alien perspective might be, let's say, a large group of aliens could arrive here, and there are some reports, for example, that the so-called greys are part of a larger group, and might think it's best that the human population is essentially tucked into their alignment and becomes a part of their grouping, and so that wouldn't be so much trying to make us self-sufficient it would be more a matter of getting us involved under their umbrella in a sense. But I think that the main concern among aliens is essentially the universal energy ecology because the new technologies can affect the energy ecology of some of the the near-space, I guess you could say, environments. You could even even affect your star or the the seismic structure of your planet if you use them stupidly, which is the big challenge for us, I suppose, at first. You know, if alien technology is essentially raining down on our planet Mm -hmm. under some circumstances, and we have to really be careful about what we're doing with it. So that's what aliens would be, be concerned about, is getting us to be, A, more civilized, to know more about aliens, and, and finally to, I guess, be sort of integrated into some networks of treaties and conventions in a larger, much larger sense.
1: Tell me, do you, uh, <laughs> do you believe that these aliens uh, pose a threat to the, uh, the inhabitants of this planet? Or are they here to, you know, to herd us into corrals and then munch away on us?
2: Well, um, first thing i 'd say is you have to make distinctions about aliens that the universe is huge there are seven with twenty one zeros after a number of stars so far, you know according to one estimate in the universe, there are billions of galaxies, mm-hmm. and some galaxies large ones have you know hundreds or hundreds of billions of galaxies in them, uh, sorry hundreds of billions of stars in them, so that makes for a lot of stars and huge distances in between in some cases, so they 're going to be big populations they 're going to be Many, many different sort of government structures, the, may, the thing we're noticing for the most part, according to reports, is it alien to all egalitarian. And the reason being is that apparently um, it's either thought or it just works out that societies that don't get over this sort of rich versus poor and uh, kind of the, that kind of competition, the destructiveness and the bad ecology don't really make it. And so they become, they learn by equal, that equal sharing becomes a better way. And I think they learn from other aliens because other aliens already have this kind of society. It's just a, a logical way of just completing the circle. So um, the first thing you'd have to do is you look at the larger context. There's some aliens who might have, want, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. to think, let's use, we need the resources. These, these people have genes. We want to use their genes. we like to have a base possibly in their area. Other aliens might think you don't want to disturb them. And the uh, uh, aliens who essentially want to add us to their kind of umbrella and be, us uh, to become a uh, stop along their trading route might think, well, you know, feed them some of our technology, but get more control over them. Where maybe our neighbor aliens might think, um, you know, let them be, make, help them along slowly, make sure they learn their lesson before you just barge in and start uh, trying to manipulate. And so there'd be the different alien approaches. And I think what most people think is they tend to look at, for example, the reports of abductions. And those are people who have similar reports, and they, they've spoken to well, the psychologists and sometimes other researchers.
1: Hey, George, you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Very interesting topic, very interesting guest. George Lobono is my special guest this hour. We're talking about his new book, Alien Mind. His website is www.alienmindbook.org and Alien Mind is available at Amazon.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break after the news. Don't go away. on msN messenger exxon radio TV at hotmail.com and our website www.exxonradiotv.com why do Apple
2: on the tree I've got the notion to tell you about my history people
1: George Lobono is my special guest this hour Explanation: we're talking about his new book entitled Alien Mind it's uh, available at amazon.com and uh, George's website is www.alienmindbook.org George, if the aliens are here, and if we have been communicating with them, and if the government was well aware that something crashed at Roswell, New Mexico going back to 1947, and if the fact is true that alien entities were recovered by the U.S. military and brought to an underground base where apparently they still might be living, why is the government still insisting that the Roswell crash never happened?
2: Well, I think it would be for three different reasons. One is the notion of aliens, intelligent beings with advanced technology that essentially are all equalitarian Mm -hmm. societies, not necessarily totally equal in how one society treats or, you know, reacts regarding another society, I should say responds. But... They they're like that, and that's a challenge to the social order that we have now. We, you know, everybody probably sees in a sense, you know, for a fact that for us to ever get it right, we're going to have to, you know, make everybody on this planet live decently, bring people up at the bottom, yeah. don't have to, you know war at the top. But people see that in the future, somehow, somewhere, that is going to occur. It's just logical. You know, we keep evolving with technology and so forth. Well, second, that's that's a challenge. Second challenge would be. Um, it's there 's a question of technology who has it, who makes money off of it, and who uses it, and whether it has security implications. It might have some, but you know the, and the third challenge would be I suppose it would just be this kind of the inertia. people are slow in responding you could you could have an alien craft fly right over a crowd, and some people would see it if it was very visible and because it 's not what they 're expecting to see they won 't even do anything about having seen it. There's been, people are slow to want to acknowledge new things that would cause them to change their question a lot. So those three things sort of pose it's you know mm. a kind of a security challenge, a change of the old order, and also it's just very very different for the average person in their in their daily life. But what I should say is, you know, the alien technology is one thing, but what's more important is alien science. Uh, you know, not just telepathy. The fact you know, I'm sitting here talking about aliens and, and communicating with them. Well, the truth is, anyone can do it. It doesn't. Every single brain has the, the same ability to do what I do, and anyone can learn how. And it's actually easier than you would think. If you look at my book, it goes goes very far in trying to explain how that can be done in the, the easy science and how you do it. I could summarize it in a nutshell. The science it, there's a new kind of science, and what scientists are finding is that, for example. When light waves converge on the same point, you may have done this in high school, where when the the light wave or like when it's exactly opposite another wave going on the same point and the two wave pumps, the one going one way, the one going Mm -hmm. the other way, are exactly opposite each other, they cancel out. And when when light waves do this converging on the same point, this happens partly in every nucleus, in, in every atom in your head probably um it creates what's called a standing wave in other words the energy is there it's still moving along but the question is it's looking for an outlet where did it really go because the wave just disappeared well what scientists have found you can sort of pulse amplify that whole flow of energy so that it kind of cycles down into the nucleus or into a slightly deeper part of i guess you'd call it space time while at the same time it expands way out it can have almost immediate kind of resonance from here to a distant place that can be done in telepathy it's done in alien technology but it's it's very easy to do the brain has you know just trillions of little spots where curvature is at atoms all over and and curves in it and you don't have to really think too much about doing it but you have to calm your mind and and then this sort of happens. I, I talk about you know how it feels. You know, in aliens' mind, here's well, let's go inside of an alien's head. Uh, you know, we t- tend to think kind of slowly. Well, aliens, because their technology is already interacting like this, and because their physics is already about fast shifts and sometimes almost instantaneous communication across rather large distances um, and even travels of that sort, because it's like that. I think what they've evolved is is, you know, is an idea that their their brain impulses can be more subtle, a little bit more faded, but faster. It's like, you know, you have those thousands of little ideas surrounding everything you're going to Mm -hmm. say and do. You walk upstairs, you're seeing a million different things, and you're doing all kinds of complex geometry. It's kind of like uh, calculus. Why are you going upstairs, believe it or not, while doing about 10 different other things? Uh, But that's what in an alien brain would be like. If you look at a little bird, how they shift and they move really, really fast, you almost can't see them, that's what the shifts in an alien brain's thoughts are like. Mm -hmm. But it's not just, you know, Uh, a linear shift, it's like a resonance. It's like it's resonating between different parts, and sometimes resonating, as Corso explained, further out, this kind of low, uh, this long wavelength was apparently going out and somehow interacting with technology is what uh, scientists first thought. And, of course, as, as people have developed their contacts and their reports about aliens over the years, since 1947, 63 years ago, we've learned a lot. And now people are aware that anyone can do this kind of telepathy, or I would call it remote sensing. And the alien version of that—it's not what you know. You read about military remote sensing in mm-hmm. the United States or some like the Soviet Union, and they said they have control. They go through their brain, goes through a kind of a tunnel to distant places or even time. The CIA trained hundreds of people to do this, by the way. Um, because they think there's definitely something in it. Well, an alien version of it is more more immediate. It's a faster shift. More, it's not so much a kind of a tunnel thing with a control person. It's a regular, expected thing. And among aliens, telep- telepathy is considered a reliable reliable basis for evidence. In other words, for investigating, finding things out because they have technology. Reportedly, it's called psychotronic technology that is both mind sensitive. It can sense what minds do, and can also be activated by minds in both directions. Because they have that, you know, what we think of thoughts that just disappear into the vacuum, in alien technology, some of that can be recorded, apparently. And that's also a big new step in our awareness, if such is the case.
1: It seems that a lot of New Age practitioners are saying that we should meditate more, and I'm just wondering if meditation actually plays into the the actual communicating with aliens, because you open up your mind, you, you clear your, your mind of all the cobwebs and all the thoughts, and you're able to focus.
2: Well, you know, I'm not really a person who meditates, but what I would say is, clearing your mind, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Because what you do is you, you suspend preconceptions. A Buddhist would say, well, it's called seeing with beginner's eyes. You, you're aware, and you can acknowledge, and you can actually see that something is different from what you may have thought before. So clearing your mind is, the, is of course necessary in order to do this kind of sensing because just it's like you park your sense of your ego and yourself aside. I mean, you may have heard or read reports about gray aliens being cloned and being non-sexual, according yeah. to many yeah. Ps. Yes, I've heard that. Well, you know, if you think about it, the, among aliens, that is probably not necessarily that body form. There obviously there are sexual aliens, but the non-sexual sort of mode or is the mm-hmm. standard I suppose in communications, you have to park it aside, just like ego. Ego is tied into sexuality in us, and um, the thing about that is that you know, you, you, when you park those a side, your mind is much more clear. And uh, it's it's kind of expected that you know, sexuality is considered vulgar or just it's something you don't, you wouldn't want to sort of have interfere with communications in a larger sense.
1: How do you think the aliens view the universe?
2: I think they see the universe in terms of, well, it's much more alive than we think because for two reasons. They interact telepathically and they use these psychotronics to amplify. They have big networks of communications. They could communicate from one star system to another probably almost instantly. It's not absolutely instantly. Nothing is even possible absolutely instantly, you know, from A to B. But they, they think of the universe as being a huge network of uh, where there's complex mini-societies All of them very, very scientific, and that's what's really interesting. If you ever start to communicate with aliens, their science is just fascinating. The possibilities and the things they do—they've solved war, they've solved violence, uh, reportedly. Now, you know, I'm just saying this to you. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, other people say: never accept what one person just says. Go out, test it, and find out for yourself. And when you, if you ever interact in this way, you'll see, you'll get the feel of it just immediately, because alien communications are kind of in birth. The larger, it's a much larger context all at one time. And so um, their societies, they, I think they, they see the universe as being a lot of interactions. Sometimes they're challenges because some aliens will have more complex technology and they can really kind of manipulate or they can maneuver in ways and, and do more. But in a sense, I think those, the more advanced the alien society is, the more they're kind of admired in a way because there's a common theme shared among them, and that is mm-hmm. um, nonviolence. The use of technology for for ecological purposes, you know, you don't want populations growing all over the place because if you think about it, the universe could become very small and very crowded very quickly. And you have to reserve open spaces like planets all around, for example, our planet. You have to leave them open for the future. Some will die. Some planets will be destroyed by star kind of cycles the way they grow up and go nova, supernova. And also, there could be new populations that will evolve, and we may want to expand at some point. But it, it, I think the main theme among aliens is the ecology, is to try to minimize population, try to, be, to not use the new technologies for weapons purposes. And I think they see the universe as being um, just almost, almost difficult to comprehend because it's so awesome and amazing and so, so much is possible.
1: We must be a, a challenge to them then. Because we're everything that they're not.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, I, the quote, this is going to sound strange, that we're one alien, you know, in the communication to me personally, I know it sounds weird to some people, talked about how, you know, we can be seen as, quote, hairheads, you know, um, in, in that we're kind of primitive in that sense. And um, we're different, but I suppose in a sense here's how we're seen also. If we have... We've developed a sense of individual rights that can sometimes be repressed in large, ailing societies. And here's how that happens. Large telepathically or you know, mind-interacting societies, even interacting as groups in a sense, sometimes is a question of, am I free to think certain things under mm-hmm. those circumstances? And also, you have genetic engineering that can sometimes dim down the emotions that would be necessary for people to speak out and to critique and challenge right. the society. Yeah. And you also have old, because, because of alien science, some aliens who live very, very long. And imagine... They become kind of numbed, in a sense, to, to the brutalities and things that they see. And they may sort of become repetitive in certain of their assumptions. So compared to us, we're new, we're making huge discoveries, we're evolving very quickly. Some alien societies aren't evolving as quickly. And they may look at us and think, wow, weird, kind of backward, and, and may not be you know, as dynamic as we are in a sense. if you know what I mean. Yeah,
1: I'm just just sitting here thinking about how somebody from the outside might actually look at this planet and its occupants. We can't get along with each other, so how in the name of heavens would we get along with an alien entity or an alien culture?
2: I think they look at us and think, you know, the solutions to our problems are very simple. And I think actually in every person, there's some part of your mind that thinks, yeah, it would be easy to do, but there's this other part that comes dragging Mm -hmm. along behind you. It's like a stone. And some people would say, You know, how could we ever get it right if we never have gotten it right? Well, imagine what would happen, say, if tomorrow you open the papers and the headlines were, you know, U.S. government, Canadian government admit that Ross will happen. They have joint programs, Europeans involved, Japanese consultants, even the Soviets. Alien technology exists and then started talking about what they knew. Within a week, the idea of possibilities on this planet would be very, very different because people would think, how do aliens live? And how did they survive? And how how can they do all this stuff that they do? And that is a huge potential. It's maybe the most, I don't want to say revolutionary. It's the biggest possible change probably in all of human history apart from, I don't know what, you know, the the written and the, the, the education mm-hmm. of people, the written word. I think
1: and, before we start worrying about uh, the existence of aliens and the... the um the governments of the world saying, yes, they are here. Yes, Roswell happened. Yes, we do have alien technology. I think we've got to learn to live with each other first because even if all this was to happen, even if all the governments of the world were to come clean, if they really are here, we wouldn't know how to handle it because we are still so self-righteous. We can't live with each other. How would we accept the fact that alien presence is really here?
2: Yeah, and you know what you see? You see that the solution to that is that not to be so individual. Mm-hmm. In a sense, well, aliens are it's more about social identity. They complete the circle. And you can never live well. You can never be safe. You can never be at peace and not be, you know, afraid.
1: Right. You can never be
2: of fear until you are making sure, you know, make providing, not just making sure that everybody lives decently. Educated, medical yeah. care, and, uh, Fed, you know, clothed. And
1: Sheltered and educated, you know, as well yeah, as, and human. then
2: they're going to be capable to work much better and, and help out. They probably will want to.
1: Yeah, but you see, I've got I've got a saying, George. Life is simple. Humans complicated.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's. It, I think sometimes it's about. Here's another thing that happens. Is well, you, you look at alien societies. All of a sudden, your biggest secrets, in a sense, they never really were big secrets. There's a guy named Russell Targ.
1: Had him on he, the show a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yeah, and Targ has a saying, he says the big the big secret is that there are no secrets. Exactly. And that's essentially the government's position.
1: George, stand and by. You <laughs> and I have to take our final break. Exonation, George Lobono is our special guest. He's the author of Alien Mind. It's available at Amazon.com and you can visit his website at www.alienmindbook.org. My name is Rob McConnell. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
0: To tell
2: you about How I came up in the world People are strange When you're a stranger
1: Faces look ugly When you're alone Women seem wicked When you're unwanted Streets are uneven When you're down When you're strange Faces come out of the rain When you're strange
2: your name when you're
1: strange when you're strange when you're strange people are strange when you're a stranger places look ugly. when you're alone women seem wicked when you're unwanted streets are uneven when you're down George, what would you like the readers to to walk away with after they've completed your book?
2: Well, first off, the book, they can read it either in paperback or they can read it free on my website. And I think what I'd want them to walk away with, or I forgot to say, you know, the big the secrets are no secrets. That's people who are in the know in these programs, not the regular government. Mm-hmm. What i want them to walk away with is, I guess, the idea that... Um, there's so much potential, and that there, there, there's new science, and there are new possibilities. And, and there, there are more importantly, it's not about the technology. Many people try to tell you that. That's a material viewpoint, and I think there could be a, a viewpoint of greed. And again, sort of, you know, people trying to just hide from, you know, the, the larger social realities. The, 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 the greater implications are in social implications, the communications. The new science, the new awareness, the, you know, if, if there's a new kind of science, I mean, there's a new, a different kind of validity in certain ideas, and I mean, you know, the question, there are certain questions that will have new answers, and I suppose when you arrive at those new answers, you're, you're never the same as you were before because when you have new ideas and your, your frame basis is different, you just go on. Mm-hmm. Another thing I wanted to mention too is, aliens see themselves as fractions of a larger social whole, and the reason they that is because the science that I was talking about it's based on this one strange premise it is that in in the real science and physics of the universe the only whole number real whole number one that exists is not what you see an object in front of you or your thumb or it's the whole universe from the very beginnings of time to the very ends and even there it cycles back into itself through black holes everything else is fractional and it's fluctuating And that's how this kind of – it's kind of a hyperspace resonance occurs across distances, how the new physics of uh, kind of a a different kind of energy demand. And that's why aliens define themselves, I suppose you could say, as fractions of a larger social whole. sounds kind of new, interesting at first, but what what, what it helps in in allowing is that they also realize that you can never sort of – draw a circle and say, we're only here. And all those other aliens out there, you know, for, even for them, they don't matter because they all interact. And they have to get along. And actually, they learn. They want to learn. I mean, there's nothing but curiosity out there. Because there's, there's a new kind of science. Imagine, say, you live on a little island in the Pacific, mm-hmm. and here we are in the 21st century, and all of a sudden, you know, all these different society- people start to arrive in their boats. You would start to wonder about what's going on in all those other places. Well, that's kind of where we are right now, there's so much out there, there's so much going on, and we're right on the verge of big changes. Certainly, in awareness, um, and like you say, yeah, we've got we've got some improvements to do, but I think that they, they become more explicit as we become a little bit more far-sighted in how we think.
1: George, I want to thank you so much for joining us uh, this hour. It's been great talking to you. Uh, congratulations on your book Alien Mind, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the Exo. Thank you, Rob. Take care, George. George Lobono, Exo Nation. He is the author of Alien Mind. Alien Mind is available at Amazon.com or on his website at www.alienmindbook.org. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the exone continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
0: The